thank you for tuning in to season two of Acts 18.9 podcast. Your listenership is greatly appreciated. My name is Alan Thomas, the author of The Vessel. You are more than you think. All it takes is faith. And the author of Educating Youth about stocks, basics of buying stocks. And finally, the Bromance Handbook. Minority Athlete's Guide to Surviving the Crazy World of Professional Sports. Each of these three books can be found on Amazon under Search for Books. 2020, what an interesting year. A worldwide pandemic coupled with social and political unrest the world over. This season, I want to bring understanding and hope to those affected by turmoil and tragedy. And to help me accomplish this goal, I've invited several guests to discuss issues that affect or has affected each of us at some point in time in our lives. And in turn, I hope these discussions help to strengthen your resolve to muster through your adversities, your trials and your tribulations, and not waver in your faith in God. As it is written in Acts 18.9, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. And in verse 10, it is written, For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city with you. God has many people in the world to prevail over evil and over the wicked. Let's start by coming together in love to wrestle hate and divisiveness from those who seek to dishonor God by their actions. For God is with you, and because of that, mankind should not set on you or prevail over you. The title of this episode is The Role of the Church. God considers those who adhere to his words as righteous. He also refers to them as his temples. In 1 Corinthians 3.17, it is written, If any man defile the temple of God, shall God destroy? For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? Together, We, as temples of God, form the body of Christ, which God considers the church. In Ephesians 1, 21-23, it is written, Far above all principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things, to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You see, I believe that the church is not a building or a structure, but the people who congregate in them to glorify God. God made Jesus Christ the head of the church, and God has anointed others who has the gift of teaching to lead those who congregate together in his name. 
In Acts 20, 28, it is written, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. And in Acts 20, 30, God warns those who lead his flock of righteous believers to be mindful of their duty to him and to his flock. And in Acts 20.30, it is written, Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. What we and them have to keep in mind is that religious leaders are not God, but human beings who are susceptible to the desires of the flesh and the temptations of this world. So don't put your faith and trust in mankind, but keep it in God, who gives direction to those whom he anoints to lead his flock. Now, to this week's episode's guest. I have invited someone whom I've known about four decades. He's a very good friend, and most importantly, he is someone who has been anointed to lead the youth of his congregation. Please welcome my dear friend, Youth Minister James Sharp. James, thanks for agreeing to come on Acts 18.9 podcast. Hey, Alan. Thank you for having me. And just one point of clarification. Uh, I'm the singles pastor at the church uh, where I attend and not necessarily a youth pastor. Okay. Well, that's even better because a lot of single people need direction to get them. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've had a long, prosperous uh, marriage. You've been married for how many years? Let's celebrate that. My, my wife and I have just celebrated 32 years of marriage. And you've just been made a grandfather. Congratulations. Yes, we had our very first grandchild, 4-1, uh, or April 1st at 4.01 a.m. And it was not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> so you didn't get a call from what from your from your daughter saying, "Hey, April Fool's." Right, exactly. <laughs> no, we, we 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 got to see the development and the growth. Okay. The whole time. Good, good, good. So, uh, as the uh, single uh, now, what's the official title? Single minister or um, yeah, minister it, pastor? It, yeah, it's, that's fine. Singles minister, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. So tell us how you became or was led to become the singles ministry. First of all, why don't you, if you want, you can give a shout out to the church that you minister at. Uh, absolutely. Uh, um, I attend Word of Truth Family Church. It's in Arlington, Texas. And it's not something, the, the, the role that I play is not something that I decided to do. Um, actually, it's something that laid on my pastor's heart. And um, in, in, in knowing that I have ministry welled up inside of me, then he uh, made the proposal and asked me to pray about it. And the Lord said the same. And so that's how we are where we are right now. Cool, cool. So how do you connect with singles? How do you get your word or God's message uh, delivered to them through you? 
Well, I, I don't necessarily say it's just me. I, I think God's word is for everyone. And so it's not just a singles message. Uh, however, we do put in place things that will engage uh, our singles uh, through a variety of activities, events, um, as, as well as just uh, the word being preached across the pulpit. I mean, once again, the word is for everybody, single, married, uh, divorced, uh, young, old. And so there's no relative distinction between, you know, the word for any particular group or gender. The reason I asked that question is you have a ministry and you are ministering to singles and I presume the goal is to get them married or to give them the foundation to know which spouse, which male or female would be best for them. Um, well, that's that's not necessarily the, the, the entire scope. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of different uh, avenues by which uh, singles ministry and not just word of truth is today. Uh, I think first and foremost, it provides community for that specific subset of population within the church. So it provides a, a, a different where, you know, single people can get together, hang out, uh, do activities together, uh, so, such as activities like Top Golf, going ball. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't necessarily want to put you know entities out there but things like painting with a twist are you familiar with that yeah i am i am yeah so painting with a twist so activities and events and then as well as ministry opportunities that are just geared for singles um we at, at our church we call it vibe talks and it, it it ranges from a variety of subjects in regards to what singles are going through such as dating um and such as how to navigate financially. So there's a plethora of opportunities that we present to the singles so that they can be well equipped as a single. And then if the right one comes at the appropriate time, you know, then they will definitely be ready, you know, to, to potentially vet that person and spiritually hear from God. So with that said, you mentioned vibe talks. So when you have these vibe talks with your uh, your, your, your singles, uh, they're, they're, they're wanting to hear something that's going to, and I'm sure you give them with your ministry, something to look for and their future mate. So how do you know what to say or give them during these vibe talks? Um, and I mean, I just want to put a caveat in regards to Particularly toward finding a mate, but the point is, is that if finding or looking for the right one, or how would you know how to find the right one or be on the lookout for the right one? There are just a whole lot of aspects. I mean, a whole lot to just enumerate, and I don't want this to be just a talk about singles because we were going to talk about the role of the church. But you know, as 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 a result. I mean, we, we just want to make the personhood of a single whole, complete in Christ as best we can through the word of God. Mm -hmm. 
And you're absolutely right. The, the title of this episode is The Role of the Church. And so one as you just brought up one aspect of a congregation getting together because the congregation getting together is not only on Sunday or Wednesday, based on what you're saying, the congregation gets together for other things and for subsets of groups within the congregation. And so that's why I was wanting yes. the listeners to know yes. that. Yeah, and that's why I was wanting you to expound on that so the listeners would know, well, there's more to a congregation getting together just on Sunday or Wednesday night. It involves singles ministry. So I wanted you to discuss, you know, and you did, and thank you, uh, want you to discuss that aspect or one aspect of congregations getting together. So thank you very much about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, speaking of uh, the topic, what, what, what would you, how would you define church? Because some people think it's the physical building and some people believe it's the church is in you. Um, well, the, the church is not the building, but the body of believers with a specific nature and purpose make up the church. Mm -hmm. uh, can you expound more so on that? Uh... Absolutely. The, 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 the thing is, is that the, the Bible clearly says Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the four walls um, is, is is not, I mean, if, if you if you go to the church, most churches now, it's just Thursday night, more often than not, they're not having a church service. You know, a lot of churches have, you know, rehearsals or meetings at the church, but those are, those are functions of ministry and, and not necessarily the church. The, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in us, the temple, we're, our temple, our bodies represent the temple of God. So he resides in us. And so when it comes to a body of believers with a specific nature and purpose, that's what encapsulates the church. So with that said, why do you believe, you know, and, and I don't think it's uh, ignorance and ignorance is not a bad word um, and, and not demeaning. But some people just don't know. Why do you believe there's so many people who are uh, Christians, righteous believers, uh, believe that the church is building and not what you just said, the individual and the, and the members who come together as one? I, I believe it, it can be rooted. I can't speak for those people, but only my speculation. I think uh -huh. that it, it really boils down to your experience over time. And let me just say that if you were reared in the church and if your concept of church is just the building, then that's what you in ultimately end up believing is church. Uh -huh. And so you hear people that will say, you know, I grew up and I was always in church. Well, they, what they're really saying is that they were always in a building. And it just so happens that ministry was happening in that building. And what we have to believe, Alan, is the fact that we are representatives 
uh, or, and as my wife and I like to say, we are typically sometimes the first Bible that people read by the way we carry ourselves. Okay. And so as, as a result, um, we have to understand what we do outside of those four walls are being evaluated by believers as well as non-believers as to our faith. That's why the Bible says in, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, uh, Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I taught you, and lo, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. And so we have a mandate from God to not just be in a building, but we, the, uh, and I said this earlier, Christ in us, the hope of glory, we are to take that to the nations and, and make disciples of other people. Um, so, before, before, and, and I'd just like to add before you comment, um, I, I think that with that mandate for us to go and, and make disciples, it goes back to what I said earlier. If you have been uh, exposed to, well, if I bring my friend Alan to church, then my pastor will get him saved. Or my pastor will preach a message that will compel my friend Alan to be saved, which ultimately takes the person that's bringing Alan to church out of the equation. And it goes back to what you said earlier in regards to pastors almost singularly being the ones that's doing all and God never intended for the pastor to you know get people saved make converts and then to also disciple them along the way and so as a believer we have a responsibility even within the confines of the building so uh you just brought up something uh, very interesting that I wanted to talk about. Uh, and so let's get right into that one. Then I'll go back to what you said, which I found was very profound and telling. Uh, we are, we as Christians are the first Bible people see. Yep. Or exposed to. And then uh, the other piece I want to discuss, you, you mentioned people who think the building is the church it's just what they were exposed to. And so I want to get back to that, but you did mention something which is next uh, on my list to discuss with you. So thanks for bringing that one up uh, organically. So how do you think that leaders are chosen to lead? What makes one person uh, more adapt or, or I guess, uh, a better word, uh, is, is adapt to lead a, the flock? Um, I, I don't know if I can answer that question in honest terms um, because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's sent? And so the, the thing is, is that 
Alan, uh, you know, I, I believe that some people are called to preach, called. So some people are sent, and then some people just went. Uh-huh. And you know, it, it, it's a it's a slippery because leadership from a pastor, and, and I'm talking about as a, a senior pastor or one that is over, you know, the the overseer uh, of the entire ministry. Um, it, it's it's very difficult to say, you know, how a person is qualified. However, it does say in Ephesians uh, chapter four, one through three, that a, a, a pastor should, you know, pretty much, and I'm paraphrasing here, pretty much have humility um, in serving, uh, must have dependency, be dependable, um, also must have some inspection within him within himself, mm-hmm. uh, and then provide. Uh, some some semblance of protection for the flock, uh, and that comes through Bible teaching, as well as counseling and the like. I don't know if I really answered your question because it's 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 really hard to pin that answer down. Mm-hmm. Now you said uh, there there are those who are sent and those who are went. Is that just went. Just went went and did it. Yeah, that's that's what you meant. Okay, I just want to make sure that the listeners knew what you meant by just went just went and did it so how does how does a congregation how does you know members of a of a, of a group who gather to worship god how do they know when someone was sent to them or just went and did it well the bible says that you can tell a tree by a fruit by the fruit it bears and so as a pastor you should you know, it, it really comes down to uh, God's leading and spiritual discernment in regards to what it is that makes this particular environment conducive to your spiritual growth and uh, nourishment. Because, you know, when you, when you when you talk about the role of the church, uh, Alan, I think that there are pretty much four pillars that most churches, probably the majority of churches, can hang their hat on. And and, and that first pillar is to know Christ personally. Uh-huh. And then the second pillar is to grow in Christ internally. And then the third pillar is to show Christ externally. And then that last pillar is to go share in Christ globally. And so if, 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 if th- that environment represent if those pillars are being exuded in that environment then a person can pretty much say that i'm in the right place because it's very important to know christ uh personally i mean the bible says in john 17 3 now this is eternal life that you that they know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent and so i think you know if those pillars are being met, then I believe a person can make a sound decision that they are in the right place. Now, when you say four pillars of a church, are you referring to the congregation of someone who doesn't know God or someone who is searching for God? 
and they walk into a building where a congregation of believers are, they should be able to feel and see and witness these four pillars? Well, I think I think it's not it's not a one time thing because once again, Alan, when you're talking about the role of the church, uh, I think a lot of people go to church on Sunday to uh, grow in Christ through the preached word. If you're a part of that congregation, to grow in Christ, other people are coming to know Christ. I mean, they don't have a relationship; they're not saved. They and and and, and in a lot of churches. You know, the pastor will offer what's called the invitation to accept Jesus Christ at the end of the message. Sometimes pastors will, will do it on the front end. But the point is, is that, you know, to know Christ personally and to grow in Christ internally are, are, are two of the, the aspects or pillars that people come to understand. But sometimes it's not just a one shot deal that they'll feel or know all four parts of those pillars. And I, I think once you join a body of believers, then the other two pillars to show Christ externally and to go sharing Christ globally. And once again, these are just pillars that are, 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 are global pillars for the role of the church. So, when you let's go back to when you said Christians are the first Bible people see, so is that what you mean? Two of those four pillars, pillars when they go out and they exhibit themselves as righteous people, is that what you mean by the first Bible people may see? No, no. What I'm saying is, is that people will 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 often okay. I believe people are sizing people up. Uh, I'll use a basketball analogy. So we, we, when a 6'8 post comes out on the court and you're 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, no, 6'6", six, 6'5", six, 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 five, six, five, six, six, you're automatically sizing them up. You're sizing them up in warm-ups. You're sizing them up when he's running up and down the court. So you're reading this person by their body language, by their actions, what they do, what they don't do. And so I believe people just naturally size people up. Do you mm -hmm. follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and, and, and in naturally sizing somebody up, you're not necessarily uh, sizing them up to be a Christian or, but you're looking at some of the things that they do because what 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 you don't want, and I think that this is, is is very in, intricate is the fact that you don't want to talk the talk unless you're walking the walk mm -hmm. but we have a lot of people talking the talk and not walking the walk so you're being sized up either way it goes that's what i'm saying and so when people are looking at you and then you 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 spout that you are a believer that you are a child of god that you are a christian then they 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 get to reflecting on oh but I know I just heard you cussing that person out. Right. So that's what I'm saying in being read or sized up. So typically before a person knows where you go to church, they know how you act. So are you are you saying that without someone, like without a Christian opening 
up their mouth and saying one word, people may be able to use your word, size you up as a, a, a believer of God just by your actions and not by what comes out of your mouth. Because oftentimes when things that come out of our mouths may not be uh, sanctified in God's eye, but um, and it may turn people off, but things that is sanctified in God's eyes may not be coinciding with our actions. Well, but 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 the thing is, Alan, is that I I, I believe um, that there was an old adage that many of us in the black community probably heard, and 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 you probably heard it yourself. Don't do as I do. Do as I say. say. Right. Well, that's a contradictory of terms. Because what you do and what you say should align. Right. And so therein lies the dichotomy if what you say doesn't necessarily represent the kingdom of God, but what you do does, that's a dichotomy of terms right there. And so all I'm saying is, is that, and I'm not talking about we are perfect and, um, you know, um, the, the, the whole goal is, is that men, many of us are, are 75, 25, 75. Now, what do you mean? Okay, yeah. Say that again. I was going to ask you to elaborate on that, but you were going yeah. to. Many, many of us are, are, are 75, 25. If, if we're just honest with ourselves and we're, we're 75% all in when it comes to uh, living for the kingdom of God. Uh -huh. And then there's 25% of us that have issues. But here's it, the thing. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. If, if, if we're working that 25% to, to, to decrease that from 25 to, to, to 22 to 20, We'll never decrease it to, to, to zero because that would mean we're perfect. Mm -hmm. But the goal is, is that, you know, is to, is to fight the enemy in a me. And so there are some things that we personally need to work on, can work on, that, that will definitely make us better representatives of the kingdom of God. So as representatives, as temples of God, how does how does a congregation know when someone who was sent to them to lead them uh, has gone astray from God's word uh, and decided to do his or her own thing? And, and what what should that congregation do? Because this person is saying you were saying like like you were just talking about, you know, people maybe 75% in, and that may be enough for a lot of congregants. But, you know, God, if God has led this person, has sent this person to lead the congregation, lead his flock, you know, how does, how does one know when the person is at 74% in? And, cause well, well, are you talking person. about a pastor or a person? A congregant? Yeah, someone who, who's been, because, you know, you use the word sent and those who went to be a leader and those who were sent to be a leader of a congregation. How does a congregation, how does the flock know when 
that person who was sent to them has decided to, you know, go down to 74% in or down to 60% in. in um, I, 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 think, I, think you're, you're, I think you're trying to mesh two things together that, you know, okay, pastors are human. I think you said right. that in your introduction. Yes. Pastors should not be deified. I think that was in your introduction. Right. And that's where I'm going because a lot of, a lot of people do deify pastors. They don't understand that they're, they have flaws and they're human and they're susceptible to temptation uh, as, as we all are. And so a lot of, you know, it, in the past and presently, there have been leaders of congregations who have done things or said things. And some, some congregations say, well, we're going to forgive this person. Some congregation ask the pastor to the leader to move on. How does one know when this person is no longer preaching in their well, best interest? Well, well, it's, I, I don't think, I don't think a, a preacher or a pastor is preaching or pastoring in anybody's best interest. Uh, the, the, the thing is, is that I think I referenced this earlier. You can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. Uh-huh. And, and, and let me say this, I, I believe, you know, you know, the church should be a, a a growing entity. And so the church should grow. And as a matter of fact, in, in the book of Acts, the, 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 in the book of Acts, it says they added to the church daily. And so, you know, you just have to, you know, be a fruit inspector is, is, is my, my bottom line. Uh-huh. And, and, the thing, and the thing is, is that I believe that you can have people that are just, and, and we kind of talked about this last night uh, in Bible study, that people can get comfortable where they are. Uh-huh. And when you get comfortable, you decide that, that you know, the, the pot that I'm in, and, I, and, and I'm just using this allegorically, the pot that I'm in, I'm okay. Well, we know what happens if you keep a plant in a small pot. It only grows so much. Yes. So therefore, the, 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 the golden scope or, or, or role is, is, to, is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. That's in Ephesians. And the, the bottom line, as we're talking about the role, the role of the church, you know, when, when it comes to the role of the church, to, to, to go and show Christ externally. I mean, I gave you the first two pillars to know Christ, to grow in Christ, to show Christ externally, to go sharing Christ globally. The Bible clearly says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so all I'm saying, Alan, and I'm not trying to narrow it down to uh, how do I know if this preacher or pastor is doing the right thing? We're talking about the role of the church. And so if, if the church, uh, a, as an entity, as we know it, uh, even though, once again, we come together, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So if we assemble together for community to know Christ, to grow in Christ, to show Christ, to go sharing uh, Christ, the, the, it's, it's almost like a football team, and I like it. I liken it to a huddle. But when you break the huddle, everybody has their responsibility. 
And so when it comes when it comes to the role of the church, you just have to know that the 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 pastor is and and, and I don't want to get hung up on who is who who is sent and who just went. We don't need to get hung up on that. What we need to do is is understand that we all have a job to do. It's not just the pastor's responsibility. And I think a lot of people get hung up on the fact of, you know, is the pastor doing his job? I think at the end of the day, are we doing our job as believers? Now, James, you have articulated exactly where I want my listeners to know that the church is not the building. The church is not the leader of the congregation. And to use your words, community. It's a community. It's not a structure. It's not an individual. It's a community of people coming together. And as you read the Bible verse about equipping the saints, not equipping the leader of the saints in man, you know, the, the, the leader who was sent or went to be the leader. So thank you. That was, that was very, very detailed it was scripturally based and you articulated why I wanted to have you on to talk about this very thing. So my listeners can get a clearer understanding of what is the church. Thank you, James. So let's, let's, uh, let's talk about community. There's a, there's a, it's pretty much a, a church on every corner, especially in minority communities and published communities. And, there's a lot of basic needs that are not being met in those communities. And there are a lot of people who are desperately hurting, desperately in need, and they're praying and and they're saying to themselves and to others, why isn't God helping me? You know, what can, what should the community, what should the community of saints do to ensure that those basic needs in the community where they go and congregate in our needs are met. Um, I, I think first of all, it, it's, it, it starts with um, with, with the church or the assembly of believers understanding what the vision of that particular assembly is. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the vision of our church, or you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, what family church is to know Christ and to make him known. Mm-hmm. And then the mission is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry, or if, if we want to boil it down, training for reigning. Mm-hmm. And what, what ends up happening, Alan, is, is that- We're not great on training for reigning. Um, so the listener will know what you're talking about. Yes, training for reigning. Say that again. Yeah, what is that? Well, it, 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 it's the same concept to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. And, and what ends up happening is, is that I believe each and every one of us have a gift. We all have gifts. And we use these gifts for uh, our own means. Uh, I mean, my wife is a teacher. I've taught. Um, and so we, we use our different gifts 
uh, outside of the church, but we can also use those same gifts inside of the church. You have people that are natural greeters. I mean, you see them, they're always smiling. They're always welcoming, always encouraging. But yet and still, we don't have them operating in that gift inside of community. Uh-huh. And, and you have you know, people that have very good administrative gifts, but they're not using that gift inside community. Uh-huh. And so when, when we pull, high, uh, and, and, and I'm just saying, if, if we could pull all of those gifts together inside community, then we can be more effective and, and uh, affect outside the, 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 the church body or church community. But what, ha- but what happens is, Alan, is that, you know, uh, and I'm speaking globally, I'm speaking in general terms. I mean, uh-huh. I'm not pinpointing any specific one church or entity, but I think many of us have become, it goes back to that word comfortable. So if I can go and check the box that I, I went to church, I went to a building, I heard some singing, praise and worship, I heard some praying, I heard the word preached, I saw somebody give their life to Christ, I gave an offering on my tithes, I leave, and then I come right back to where I, to, to my four walls and I live my same life. Mm-hmm. The goal, Alan, is to not is to grow in Christ, because the thing is, is that, you know, the Bible clearly says, go and make disciples in, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I'll just use that as the reference. Go and make disciples, which means, uh, Alan, that we're all disciple makers. You're a disciple maker. The, the, the listeners that are, are believers are disciple makers. But we got to ask ourselves. Are we making disciples? And, and the charge that I gave to, to uh, 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 the group that we had last night was, you know, when was the last time you shared your faith? When was mm-hmm. the last time you asked somebody if they knew Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And, and, and the thing is, is that it, it was rhetorical because I didn't, I, I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage those young people particularly millennials, and, and I'm not, I'm talking about to the people I was talking to last week. Millennials is that, you know, it, it's time out for going and sitting on the bench. And and I gave that analogy, Alan, and I know that you played basketball. And, and when you played basketball, you didn't get on the team to sit on the, on the sideline, to sit on the bench. Well, I was never picked. <laughs> so I was on the sideline a lot. <laughs> but 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 you you get, get you get point. my analogy. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't join the team to 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 just sit on the bench. You get on the team so you can get in the game. And so as believers, training for reigning. And so are Isn't we that? equipping the saints? Are, 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 are as an aspect role? Are we equipping the saints to do the work of ministry? And it goes back to what I said earlier. We put everything on the pastor, the leader of the church, the equipping. And it's not just his function. 
that's our so, function as well. So agree, that's 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 what that's what I'm saying in regards to the role of the church. You know, you you got you got you got to put you the church or or and, and I'm using this word church loosely, but the assembly of of believers. You got to put perspective. Uh, you got to put plans or, or or action steps in place to help the believer grow, so that he can go. So let me ask you this, James. Uh, you mentioned a word where as Christians are comfortable. We don't, and, and being comfortable, we don't go outside the congregation because there are those who are in need and the Bible tells the righteous to go out and, and preach the word and attend to the basic needs of those who are without. And you may notice more so than I, I do and go precisely to the right chapter and verse isn't it something in the Bible where paraphrasing you gotta feed the belly before the mind will listen? Say that again. Isn't it somewhere where in the Bible where it's you know paraphrasing you have to feed the belly before the mind will listen? Because if someone who is starving, they're not gonna listen to you. And I believe of a certain instance where God fed, you know, five thousand people or fed masses with five thousand fish and bread. Yeah, yeah, and men, yeah, that, five thousand men. Not including women and children. Yes, and then and then people, after he fed them, he fed their immediate, he addressed their immediate need. Then they were there and they were willing to listen. How can we? How can people who are, you know, starving or don't have their basic needs met? How would? How can we, as comfortable, you know, Christians, get them to 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 hear us when we're not, you know, willing to come outside our own comfort zone, which is the congregation, what would you tell those like what I'm describing, who I'm describing, how to get out there and, and, and feed them so their mind will be open to listen? Well, well it, it goes back to what I said, the, the, the local church. And once again, I'm saying the local church um, as an assembly of believers. That's why the local church has to put action steps in place. Um, our church just, just partnered with uh, a food bank and we actually had people and, and, and we, we, we actually advertised this via the radio all of the outlets by which we advertised but we advertised and we had people come to our church and we passed out food to them mm -hmm. but see but that's, that's an action item that's part of our local uh, action steps and so it, it 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 just it just really depends on Alan if the the local church has action steps to feed feed those that are hungry, and as a result of those people coming by that are not our members, we invited them. <clears throat> excuse me, we invited them to come to church. Mm -hmm. And then and then you know now, now that we've met. A physical need for them and it wasn't you know that we could boast or brag but we met a physical need the potential is will they be inclined to come and get their spiritual needs met now there's no guarantee that because we gave them food that they're going to come to our church but that's an action item that we employ at our local church 
And so all I'm saying is, is that the role of the church is it, it should have a vision. The role of the local church should have a vision for its community. It should have a mission for its community. Because as you said, there, there are churches in lots of communities all around. And so, you know, what are the action steps that you're, you're, you're putting in place in your local church to actually meet those needs of those inside as well as outside of the church? And, and that's, and, and, and maybe you agree on that. I, I totally agree. And I'm glad you articulated and explained the local need because it does start locally. You know, Jesus and his disciples went locally and spoke to people and, and addressed their basic needs. And then those folks, they listened and they accepted God. And if they didn't accept it, if they didn't accept God's word, they, you know, they, they left them with food for thought. Right. And then, you know, down the road, they may say, and I'm sure you may know instances in the Bible where someone may have come after Jesus and disciples have left and said, you know, I think I want to follow Jesus and God's word. I want to hear to God's word. Right. And but but, the, but the, the thing is, is that you have you have the 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 local community of the church. You have the outside community that you, you can you you have the potential to service. Mm -hmm. And so all I'm saying, Alan, is, and, and, and this is not to say who is and who's not, but understand that you have the inside community getting the instructions, just like in the huddle, and then break, and then we go outside of the huddle to the outside community to service those needs. And mm -hmm. so... Um, those churches that are, are doing that, they're making an impact where they are. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunately that, you know, the few don't get the credit and they're not looking for credit. You know, God says when you do things in his name, you don't need to brag about it. Only he knows and that's all that matters. But it, it's a shame that, you know, churches like, you know, the one you minister at, you know they don't they, they don't get the the for addressing those basic needs, uh, and, and we need to highlight churches like the one you minister and others who do God's work because you don't necessarily have to brag about you and you're not bragging you know but you know but God directs people towards those who are doing His work, and it's it's such a large need that you're local congregation can't do it all. How would you encourage other local congregations to do what you all are doing? Well, I, I, I don't see that as my, my role. And I, I don't know if, if, you know, I think it just goes back to, you know, I believe if a person wants help, they can get the help if they seek it. Mm -hmm. And so it's not my place to tell a listener that may be a pastor what he should do. Mm -hmm. However, I believe that in laying out the tenements by which I believe and that I'm a part of, uh, I think it's clear 
that the, the local church um, is, is to, going back to what I said, to know Christ, to grow in Christ, to show Christ, and to go for Christ globally. Uh, those, those are the pillars, the basic pillars. It, it may not be articulated to that degree, but those are just the basic pillars that point out what the role of the church is. You know, I've, I've had conversations with many people, uh, believers, non-believers, and, and, and I'm so happy and thankful to hear that the, the church, the congregation that you're a minister at practice those four pillars. And, and I've always pro proposed this to other people I've spoken with. I said, what? since there are a lot of churches and impoverished communities and they're thriving and, 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 and doing well, members are coming in, finely dressed and, and all of that. You know, why don't the, the, these churches and these communities develop a trust or a committee a council where they they put one percent of the tithes and offering that they that they get every week, and then have have with that money, have the the community serve, uh, you know, buying laptops, food, clothes. Because and, and you may notice as as a minister, isn't that what they did in the Old Testament, James, where the the the, the flock had to. They give ten percent to the to the priests and the apostles, and then the apostles stored all that up for people who needed it. Um, in in some regards, yes, and and you got to take into consideration we have evolved. I I think that going from an, an agrarian culture to where we are now. I, I, I the concept by which what you're saying, and I think it's very important that um, when it comes to the role of the church, it 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 has to it has a responsibility to the, the congregants inside the building, inside the church. It also has a responsibility, whatever that may look like for that church. Mm -hmm. Outside, outside of the 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 confines of the assembly of believers, mm -hmm. because didn't the didn't, didn't the tribes the, the twelve tribes or maybe the ten tribes of Israel didn't they 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 stored up you know they they gave a ten percent of stored up in one location and people who were in need you know farmers or whomever they went to the trustee, so to speak, who are the priests and uh, the Levites, and they 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 issued, they took care, of, they met those those basic needs. Uh, That's all I'm asking now. Well, well, I mean, I mean, there's a story in the Bible about Joseph having, you know, based upon the interpretation of the dream, mm -hmm. that there was a storehouse of grain that he ultimately doled out over time, which ultimately uh, helped to save his family as well as reunite him to his family. Uh, but, you know, when it came to the, the priests of the Old Testament, uh, it is my uh, understanding that 
anything that was brought to the temple for the priests, you got to take into consideration that the priests, the Levitical priests, did not have a job. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, the earnings or the food that was brought to the temple was to actually service after, you know, they made their sacrifices and all that stuff. It was actually to service the needs of the, the priest. Uh -huh. The priest didn't turn around out to whoever needed it um, back in the Old Testament times. Okay. And so that's why I said you would know better than me. And so uh, and that's, and when I mentioned the trust or a special counsel to uh, oversee the 1% that churches in these communities uh, take in every week, you know, I think it, I believe it will eradicate poverty in those communities if they did that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if it would eradicate poverty because I mean, you just got to take into consideration that it, it, there are churches with only 25 people or less. And that's why I said 1%. 1%. Or maybe half well, of them. I mean, well, 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 people have to, well, when it comes to giving, you got to uh, hope that the people that are inside your, the, the, inside the, 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 the assembly of believers uh, give that they actually give a tithe of their mm -hmm. earnings, that they actually give offerings. Uh, you can't just take for granted that because they're in there, in the uh, uh, assembly of believers, that they have that concept and they're giving. If you got 25 people and if five or six of them haven't bought into the concept of tithe and offering, then giving whatever they give, whatever amount below the tithe, uh, you know, it it, 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 it takes time to, to garner that momentum. And so I, I just think that there are several churches, um, don't, don't get me wrong, there are several churches that are doing a, a great work uh, mm -hmm. out here uh, in the world today. Great work. And the, the thing is, is that it goes back to what I said. The, the the local church should have action steps to help their parishioners inside the church develop a game plan to go and be have an impact in their local communities. Well, James, with that said, um, Again, I want to thank you again for agreeing to come on Acts 89 podcast. Is there anything you want to leave with my listeners before we uh, say goodbye to you? Absolutely. Um, my, my, my strong encouragement is for believers to be co connected to a body of believers community and be an impact where you are. And then um, also not just being impact where you are, but being impact uh, in your spheres of influence uh, of the assembly of believers, uh, because um, th there are a lot of people who need to hear the message of Jesus Christ and, and to know that God loves them and has mm -hmm. a wonderful plan for their lives and that uh, sin is what separates us from God. And 
accepting Jesus Christ bridges that gap. And we, we it, it's just that simple. Um, God, God loves you. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Sin is what separates us from God. Accepting Jesus Christ who died for our sins bridges that gap. And I just want to encourage the, the listeners to, if, if you haven't shared your faith, or if you haven't asked anybody if they wanted to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, uh, my challenge is to to just give, give it a shot and see what happens. And what we do know is that everybody is not going to say yes. But that one person that says yes, it may ultimately change their life. Uh, ju just imagine the person who uh, shared Jesus Christ with Billy Graham and look at all of the lives that were transformed because in him uh, and, and I'm not I'm not putting Billy Graham on a pedestal but I'm just talking about the body of work and, and, and the work he did in, in advancing the cause of Christ and, and, and I say this just colloquially you know you could literally share the gospel, share Jesus Christ with the next Billy Graham or the next T.D. Jakes or the next whoever that can make an impact for the kingdom of God. Like someone shared with you, James Sharp. Absolutely. So let Absolutely. me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What, when, when, you, when you are searching for strength, is there a song or a scripture that you tend to lean more on than others? Um, I mean, well, it's, it's almost a loaded question because we, we, we may need strength in, in different areas. And so strength, you know, for peace, strength could be for hope, uh, but but I like Psalms 139, and mm -hmm. that's a scripture that I, I mean, the whole psalm, and I, I, I'm turning to it now, so if you hear the pages rattling, that's what I'm doing. Okay. But but the, but the entire psalm is, is transformative, and, um, it, it, and I'll read just a couple of verses. It says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel, when I rest at home. You know where I go. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. That's the first seven verses. Mm -hmm. And then the last the last two verses says search me O god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts point out anything in me that offends offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life and so when it comes to strength um you know uh we we all have areas in our life that that we just need to submit to god and uh -huh. and that last part is search me O god if there's anything in me that offends you you know, help help me to 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 decrease that thing to the point where I can actually help somebody that may be struggling in the same area. Because you can't help them if you're hurting yourself. Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, there's an old adage: hurting people only hurt people. 
Yeah. But James Sharp, Pastor James Sharp, be blessed. Minister yeah, James, Brother James, listen, man, I, 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 I'm not that guy that has to have a title. All I know is that God has has called me and my wonderful wife uh, to, to to make an impact in the kingdom. And, and titles are, are, are is is not something that I I long for, look at look for. So you know you can just say hey you and I'm gonna turn around and uh, we're gonna go to we're gonna we're gonna get it get it done. All right, hey you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey you, I gotta go. <laughs> All right, James. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you.